Just before we start, Andrew, can you hear the TV like background noise from me? I can't, but thank you for providing a cold opening for the episode. My name is Chris Bear and welcome to Two Defeats from a Crisis on Saturday at 3. On this episode, myself and just producer Andrew this week will be looking back on Rangers 3-0 victory in Paisley over St Mirren and we will be having a wee chat about who our potential new manager is because as of the day of recording, it's still not being confirmed. So the aforementioned producer Andrew, Andrew, it's myself and you, the top dogs, no one else can join us. Everyone is completely sick of Rangers and they have a, they have a wee international break just to get away from them for a wee while. It's, it's that kind of thing where a break comes at the right time. Break came at absolutely the wrong time last time because we had two weeks to stew in misery after getting battered in the old firm. So at least this time it's uh, nice that we go into the break with a win under our belts, as unimpressive as it might have been in the end. Well, it was, uh, I, it was, you know... If we're going to get beat, it's going. It's it's an expected defeat in terms of it's just a complete shit show. Mm. And if only one, it's an expected one. Not very much happening, but we get the job done. And you can't exactly say that we're getting better as a team. If anything, we're getting worse, but at least we're still winning. Because we are a disjointed mess. And I lay zero blame at the door of Stephen Davis. Um, it's just not his fault. He's been put in a terrible position. Um, such as his legendary status at Rangers, he was never going to say no to this. So, um, possibly with Stephen Davis' um, last ever uh, match in charge of Rangers, well, we don't know what the future holds. He may become the manager of Rangers in 10, 15 years' time, but certainly as of right now, it looks like it will be his last match. And look, we can't judge him as a manager, but he, he done his turn here, Andrew. He really did. I think it's that thing, right? Rangers call, you answer, okay? Um, There's a reason why Alan McCoy stayed in post. There's the reason why Stephen Davis stepped up. And it's, you know, the reason why Derek McInnes is and always will be a shite bag. So, yeah, it's... I completely agree. There's no blame that you can place at the foot of Stephen Davis. This is... The situation that he has inherited is terrible. We can clearly see, and I think Davis at this point definitely agrees, that at least two of those summer signings do not deserve to be in this Rangers squad. Um, because when Zach Lovelace came off, rather than turning to one of our two more expensive signings of the summer, he instead went for Ross McCausland to come on for him instead. So I think that in itself tells a story about where those two players sit in his estimation. And that means that we've blown a big old chunk of our transfer budget this past summer on players who we don't see realistically being key parts of the squad. Um, at least under this current interim manager. So the the performances at the moment, I think you lay directly at the feet of the manager. Uh, uh, sorry, directly at the feet of the, um, the squad themselves. You cannot put any blame on the manager because this is Stephen Davis's job, first time ever managing. So it, it's it's not within his purview to say, all right, I'm going to mould this team into my image. He doesn't fucking have an image in terms of managerial style. So... Um, I, I've all credit to Stephen Davis for stepping into it. It's a difficult, horrible position to be in because the squads do not appear to be firing on any cylinders at the moment. And it feels weird to say that after a 3-0 win, but we are where we are. Yeah, let's just uh, obviously um, go through the, the, the team lineup from the weekend. Um, Butland, Tavernier, Goldson, Suter, Barisic, Fuentes, Lundstrom, Raskin, Roof, Sima, and uh, Lovelace. Um, Andrew, I'd like to see a few younger players play. I mean, I can say about seven or eight of the players just and they deserve their shot. Um, and I think the only reason that they've got their shot is because there literally is nobody else. But we're saying there is no one else. There is. You've got the, the aforementioned Ross McCausland. You've got Bailey Rice, Cole McKinnon, John Sterling. Uh, Red Van Yomas was on the bench. Um utilise these guys because we're, we're going to get nothing out of these, these these senior players now I would say um, I'm all for 
uh, a new man. I know I'm completely going to contradict myself here, but when the new manager comes in, I'm all for flinging them on then, just so the new manager can get a right good, um, right right good opinion of them uh, in terms of how terrible they are uh, when it comes to mentality. Um, they probably will get a wee rise in performance because there is a new manager, but the new manager will see very quickly that when push comes to the solve, uh, semi-final coming up, that the, the mentality of these players just isn't up to scratch. So I'm kind of all for that, but Davis, I think he's just trying to kind of steady the ship here, but I certainly would have been much in favour of more of the younger players starting. I don't know if you share the same view as me, though. I think after the Limassol game in the immediate aftermath, and please listen to our previous pod if you want to hear that, because we recorded it straight after the game, I think we were the opinion that we could take or leave the entire squad, really, who um, who played in that match. Um, as good as it would be to do wholesale changes, completely throw in a brand new team made up of the youths, realistically, I think you're you're giving the kids a hiding to nothing there. We saw the kind of damage that that did to a player like Leon King when he was thrown into the deep end. Admittedly, St Mirren's not quite the same as being pitched in against Liverpool, but still, it's deep end. Um, just, you know, less deep. Uh, but it, it's still unfair to these kids, I think, to pitch them in um, when, you know, you're on a hiding to nothing. You perform well, great. But you're a kid, you'll probably be out the door, as you say, when uh, when a new manager comes in, right, Chris? And then you've got them going, okay, well, if I come in and I don't perform well, then I'm going to be out of the picture entirely. And where the fuck does that leave me? So I, I think it, it was telling that it was players who had made, you know, an impact who did come on. Um, Death is aside, obviously, on the 60th minute, but. Apart from that, McCosland and Rice coming on and um, and Lovelace starting, I think it was good to see because ultimately you want to lead these kids in the best way possible. That doesn't mean necessarily starting them, but you, you've got to ease them into the game, I think, to a degree. It would have been nice to see more kids, but ultimately, if you look at the state of the bench, half of it already was the kids. So I'm not sure how much further you want to go down that route before you start really risking damaging some of their prospects. Yeah, uh, like the game started, it was pretty even for the first uh, kind of half an hour. I would say I wouldn't say either team was on top. Rangers labelled slow, un- uninventive, uh, just a slog, turgid, just horrible watch as they have been recently. Uh, I'm saying recently. How do you define recently? Hundred eighteen months. Um, so, could, could go longer than that, mate. Um, probably. Just just be careful. Um, so the ball comes in uh, the right-hand side, uh, down the right-hand side for Rangers. Lovelace actually done really well. Um, and, yeah. and he puts the ball across and it kind of looked as if it was going in the direction of Seema, um, but it goes out. And it looked like it was a corner because it looked like a deflection. Now, I wasn't, I'll be honest, I wasn't calling for anything here. Uh, the replay came up. Right, right, okay, it's a handball, definitely. And then you look at it again, you're like, right, this has got to be a red card also. Um, there is just no other outcome here. And thankfully, we did arrive at the correct outcome, penalty and red card, because the boy, I think it was Ryan Strain, if he doesn't handle the ball, uh, Andrew... Seema has got a tap in. Um, a stupid thing for that boy to have done. Let the ball run through if you can't get it. Let Seema score the goal. Keep 11 men because Rangers are vulnerable. That's what the St. Mirren, uh, sorry, the St. Mirren podcast, that's what they should be saying if they are honest with themselves. Let the ball run past. Let Seema tap it in. It's still 11 v 11. It's only one goal. Rangers are vulnerable. There's still a game there. The minute he gets sent off and done that daft thing, it's game over. Um, from a Rangers point of view, we're obviously delighted uh, because it's a kind of stroke of luck that we are really needing up to this point, Andrew. I mean, from the Samirian perspective, feel free to let that run through to Seema because I know Seema is that rare exception where he is in actually a rich vein of scoring form, but you could let it run through to any one of our other strikers and they would probably balloon it over the bar or miss it even from a yard out. So... It's it's a bizarre one from like the Samirian player because he's deliberately punched the ball behind the goal. I mean, that's why it's the red card because it can be one thing if it's accidental or you know that these things happen. But if 
as the replay showed, you deliberately move your arm to punch it behind, then yeah, sorry, you, you, you're going to walk for that. Um, I, I, I was with you, I was, I was watching on telly, didn't see it in real time. The initial couple of replays, I didn't see it either. Um, but then you get that angle, which is slightly higher. Not that much higher because it's still love straight, so it's difficult enough to see where you're looking. I but, just seen off Paisley, Andrew. It's actually not love street. Oh, it's the SMFSC FCC. No, we just call it it's at Mon Stadium. Just yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, stadium, stadium. Fucking hell. It's a, uh, it's a good wee bit away, Phil. Well, not not a good wee bit away, Phil. Street, but it's if you're going to walk, it's about a 15, 20 minute walk by car. You're talking two or three minutes, so um, it's. It's, it's fundamentally not Love Street. Can we just get that out in the open? Because it happens quite a lot, talking about St. Uh, <laughs> Stadium. And when you're from Paisley, it's quite annoying. All right, well, I didn't mean to denigrate uh, the good people of Paisley. They do enough to you know, bring them on themselves anyway. Um, so, yes. <laughs> it's definitely a penalty, definitely a red card. Um, thank God we're all feeling really confident about how the team's playing, right? Tough steps up, tough scores. Fully expected, don't we, Matt Andrew? One hundred percent. He like oh, every I, time, I, every kinda... time at the moment, my dad keeps saying he's due for a miss, and so that was the only thing that was in my mind when he was stepping up for this one. But Tav does what Tav does; he does score those penalties. And like, let's be honest, there was pressure attached to this. I know it's not quite the same as like a Europa League final or anything like that, but the run of form that Rangers have been on, there's still pressure attached to this one. So the fact that he scores it and fairly confidently as well, that's that's still a good thing. Mm, yeah. Just uh, to obviously a wee peek behind the, the, the curtain here for, for the listeners, I've totally just went kind of um, ad-lip here. I'm, I'm not as prepared as I usually am. Um, maybe it's something to do with kind of my motivation to talk about Rangers at the moment. It's not quite as high as where I want it to be. Um, so I'm literally just kind of using the, the match uh, moments, if you will, and then just always having a discussion with Andrew. But I did completely miss uh, the, the, the real talking point of this game, which was the banner before. Uh, the game started now. True, true. This obviously, uh, th- 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 there's absolutely no way the fans didn't. Uh, not, not the fans, the players didn't see this right. Uh, contrary to to what Tav said in the interview, um, it said heartless, passionless, leaderless, not fit to wear our colours. Um, listen, spot on, hundred percent. A uh, few mumblings, oh, it's not right, you were there to support the team. No, I'm sorry. We've done our part. We've held the our end of the bargain. Um, they've had nothing but unconditional support because it has been unconditional. Um, we've supported this group for too long um, and been let down for too long. And we're still there. We're still there in Paisley at the weekend, selling out our allocation. We're still following them. These players... They owe us so much, and they're never going to repay what they owe us. And I'm not into this bullshit, they owe us, fuck all, blah, blah, blah. No, I'm sorry. To play for Rangers is a privilege. Um, and they, I, 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 the one thing I've, I've not entirely been comfortable with is the fact that these players, I don't think I've ever really felt the wrath of Rangers fans. Because you can look at, they've been booed off four times out of the last six games, whatever at Ibrox. Uh, they can easily have went either. They're, they're booing Bill. Um, these players have got two managers. The last two managers have got on the sack. Uh, they delivered one trophy for Gerard. Um, it's just no good enough. Uh, we're at the end of the line now. The rebuild has not been a rebuild. It has been a prolonged uh, stay of execution for many. And the fans have simply had enough. Um, Tav can come out after the game and say oh we didn't see it, of course you fucking seen it don't like us um, it's I'm, I'm glad with, I'm glad that was there uh, I hope I hope they get that message across many more times between now and January because they, they need to know now that we have ran out of excuses, I think when you look at the universal um, narrative when it comes to Tav now Nobody's saying Tav's a bad player. We're going to come to a fantastic goal Tav scored. But what we are saying is Tav is a shite captain. I think I think that's pretty much accepted now. He's led us to failure after failure after failure. You look at Goldson. Why is he so bomb-proof? Uh, you look at Lundstrom. Just an absolute 
just an utter nonsense. Barisic, um, these guys have been far too comfortable for far too long and it's about time they get put in their place uh, because there's not one Rangers fan that wants even 50% of the players to still be here next season. Uh, so, Andrew, I don't know if you have got the same views as me here. Um, it'd actually be pretty good if you had a, um, a different view for me to get a bit of balance, but I suspect that's not the case. Not massively different, Chris. I'm always going to argue with you a bit because, well, I've got to, right? Um, I think, first of all, on the banner itself, you pay to go to the game. You're entitled to hold up whatever you want. Um, I think that's entirely fair. You're the one who's putting up your own money to go to that game. The Rangers away support are one of the best in the world. We, I think they are generally the most loyal out of all the fans. They will have backed the manager and these players as long as they felt they were able to do so. But when they, even they have turned, then you're in a hiding to nothing at that point. It is so difficult to win back the fan support after you've lost it. Um, Michael Beale found that. Gio found that. Um, Gerard was in danger of finding that. Um, do you think back to the Hamilton game just before we went into the COVID lockdown? So we, um, we, we've seen time and time again how you lose the fans and you can – you can quickly find yourself out of a job if you're a manager. If you're a player, you're a little more insulated from that. And um, I think you are right that it is, it's coming to the end of the road for a lot of these players, some of whom have probably maybe hung on too long or maybe clung on to positions of authority or power that they haven't really continued to show that they deserve. But on the flip side, because, hey, let's have a fight about it, Chris, um, if you look at the reason why players like Lundstrom, Goldson and Tavis still in the team, it's because ultimately the manager, whoever that might be, still doesn't have that confidence that the people who will be replacing them are good enough to do so. Now, we might have a different opinion about that, you know, talking about players like Anna Devine, Suter stepping in for Goldson instead, but then who's pairing Suter? Davis? I'm going to guess that out of choosing between Goldson or Davis, Chris, you'd probably opt to keep Goldson in there. Um, and then Lundstrom, I mean, there's the argument definitely about how many defensive-minded midfielders we should be playing. Raskin and Lundstrom together is probably one too many. And out of the two, yeah, you probably want to keep Raskin in there. But if you are wedded to the system where you're playing two, who's the other one going to be? Um, because... I can certainly say that the mood around Sifuentes is not as glowing and universally positive and it's not great. So I think the, the ultimate point I'm trying to make here, Chris, is the squad's kind of really shit. So um, these are the best out of a bad squad at the moment, as far as the manager is concerned. So that's kind of where we're at with that, unfortunately. Uh, that's a good idea, Andrew. Right. Of course, of course you do, Chris. That's mm. what I want. Let's have a fight about it. <laughs> pre this is all scripted. We pre-agree all of this. Chris is lying when he says we didn't prepare it. We sat down for a two-hour scripting session before this. It's all, it's all, it's all part of the play. Down you right now. I'm better than Lundstrom. No. <laughs> Your hit probably works better than his as well. That's the only, that's the only advantage he's got over me. <laughs> Two thought, working hips. I thought we'd kind of go the full 90, but... <laughs> Um, aye, so that's, that's a banner. Tav converts apparently. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the reason that obviously that, that get, I was reminded of the banner was because Tav scored at the at the end where that banner was unveiled, um, and obviously one of our friends, uh, our kind of co um, acquaintances, um, we'll just we'll just call him Colin. <laughs> <laughs> it's not really subtle, subtle, yeah. <laughs> um, so he was obviously saying that was a bit perfect. I've obviously um, putting his his fingers to his ears or putting his finger to his mouth to tell me sure she done one or two. Um, so if Colin said that he's one of the most placid guys in the world, if any other Rangers fan actually thought that, I've not seen many to be honest. But I just kind of want to make it clear it was clearly gesticulating to the St Mirren fans. Um, we're all. We're all on edge, we're all losing our head, we all wanted to burn the world in, but um, I just want to make it clear, Tavers in the day, not to the Rangers fans, that's how you interpreted that, Andrew, as well, yeah? 
No, I mean, like, let, let, let's set aside Colin's heel turn for now because he's he's he flipped from one of the most positive <laughs> Rangers fans I know to um like he's making Tom look like uh, Mister. Well, he used to make Tom look like Mister Negative, and now he's gone full on bet. So it's it's really bad. Um, I mean, it's great to see, obviously, because you you know you always love a good downfall story. But um, yeah, he's um. It's certainly not the beacon of positivity and light that you used to be, unfortunately, when it comes to Rangers. Yeah. Um, Zach Lovely started the game very well. Andrew, some nice touches, some nice running. Uh, showed a good bit of physicality mm-hmm. as well. You like to see from a young boy. Uh, only 17. And, of course, it goes down with a fucked hamstring. Well, of course, right? Um, that's uh, that's our luck at the moment. You, know, it's like you don't get to play with Rangers without getting a big injury. <laughs> I think it's just the lesson that we can't have nice things at the moment. Um because yeah, he he was absolutely a bright spark at the start. Obviously sets up the um the chance that results in the penalty that results in the goal. Um he was making excellent runs down that right hand side and him and uh, Tav were looking to set up a really good partnership down there. Um because which is good because obviously so much of our play goes down that right side anyway. And the great thing is that you can take that line and put it into any of the pods that anyone's done over the past eight years and say that that's still true, which is maybe its own thing to worry about. But um, Lovelace was looking so good. And so at that point, you know, this season, every single time I start enjoying an aspect of Rangers, I start reflexively preparing myself to get hurt because you know that something bad will happen to it. Like, it's beautiful Todd. Obviously, the one bright spark that we had from the early bit of this season, out injured, fucked. We don't know how long he's going to be away for. Lovelace comes in, looks like a bright spark. Maybe he's the answer to, you know, obviously our shit striker situation. Boom, injured. And it looked like a hamstring as well. So that's great. Um, So, yeah, we can't have nice things, basically, Chris. Yeah, I know. We're definitely living... Some sort of voodoo curse in reality. Um, second half begins. It's a fucking boring game, Andrew. Um, there's not really much to report other than the goals. Sima uh, gets his, uh, I think it's his sixth goal in a row, seventh goal in a row, something like that. Um, just before Sima came on, uh, Dessers came on uh, for Roof, who didn't do much. Um, Dessers was put through one and one. It's a bread and butter chance, Andrew. It's a bread and butter chance. I mean, you're paying four million pounds for a striker. Well, guess what happens, Chris? Uh, expect your striker to do a lot better. I could literally, literally, probably name fifteen strikers in our league that would put that ball away, and they will have cost less than Dessers. Um, and our big money signing runs through and goal takes a shot. And it's straight to the keeper. Now that's the that's that's the thing here, Andrew. He got it in target, but that's nothing to be celebrated here. He could have went above <laughs> the keeper. He could have went to the right. If you're if you're what if you're one on one with a keeper, you've got literally one thing to avoid, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, on target, great, but you hit the one thing that you needed to avoid that's in the way. So. If it's an open goal and he still misses that, then yeah, it's a complete failure. But this is not that much better. It's difficult because he's a human being at the end of the day and he's getting battered yeah. post, um, which isn't nice to see. But we're also football fans and we're not here to judge his character, his personality, um, how he is as a human being. We're here to judge one thing and one thing only, how he is as a Ranger striker. To be a successful Ranger striker, you score goals, you lead us to victories and you win us trophies um, and then you will be adored. Um, our last real striker left in the summer and he was absolutely adored. And uh, yeah, um, this guy is just not good enough to play for Rangers and he must already be on the very top of that list to, to leave the club um, as soon as possible in January. I just don't see where we go with this guy. I don't know what he does. Um, uh, I've I've not only just lost all faith, Andrew. I'm actually actively arguing with people who who are saying, "Oh, it might turn into a new manager. Give him a bit of time. He needs to settle in." Blah 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 blah. No, 
No, no, I'm not going to get personal. I'm only going to strictly talk about the football. You aren't good enough to play for um, our football team. Um, and I'm sorry, but that's just the reality of it. I think the thing is, he's shit out of confidence now, and rightly so. Um, the problem is, he doesn't have anything in his previous record that shows that he could definitely discover this rich vein of scoring form. Mm. Um, the only player who came in with a kind of who came in as a forward, who had that recognised kind of legacy of a no, good scoring form is Danilo, you have who's been, fucked oh yeah, and we, we, we can't have good things, so obviously he's injured. So he um, he's shit out of confidence. Does a new manager help turn that around? Maybe, but is it going to produce a 20-goal-a-season striker, which is ideally what we're looking for? Um, probably not, based on his history. So he's he's broken, I think, confidence-wise. And, I mean, you saw that when we didn't go to him or to Lammers immediately when Zach Lovelace goes down. Instead, we went to Ross McCosland. So he'd been already been on for half an hour prior to Dessers even getting a shout. And there was a shot of McCosland getting stripped and ready to come on. Dessers and Lammers are sitting in the background, and it's like, lads... <laughs> How have you fucked up this badly, this quickly? It's astonishing. Yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty poor. Uh, Raskin puts a ball in. Lovely finish by Seema, as I said. Um, listen, uh, we have been harsh on this Rangers team. We've been harsh on some individuals. Uh, probably fair to say, at times, we probably have been harsh on Seema. Um, this boy has stepped up to the plate. Fair fucking play to him, by the way. Fair play to him. Um, just really grabbed his opportunity here. Um, and he certainly deserves um, some some praise because we're handing out criticism left, right, and centre here. And you you have to say he's been a, he's been a step above all his teammates, such a young age as well. Big uh, responsibility on his shoulders there, um, and he's m- massively stepped up. So please for him, um, absolutely please for him. Let's just hope that continues. But Andrew, we all think Rangers are needs to be a negative. He's not our fucking player. Two years in a row now, this is going to look like our best player's alone player. As I said, Chris, you can say it with me now. Rangers can't have nice things. We can't have nice things. So he'll go back to Brighton, and he'll probably be a great success for them as well. Um, he's certainly looking like a really good I think he'll do alright just do a cam down <laughs> <laughs> look if you're scoring a goal again then you know that's always going to look pretty good in your CV right um, and at the moment he's what 7 out of 8 so he's doing okay but yeah. it is that thing right as good as it would be for us to bring in lone players and then go down the Ryan Kent route and convert them to the cause get them signed up at the end of the day you're asking a player to sign up to play Motherwell three times a season, four times a season. So who wants to do that to themselves, realistically? Well, you, at the end of the day, Andrew, they're fucking, they, you, may, you, you can turn around and say either they're playing these shitey teams four, three, three, four times a season, but they've not exactly mastered it. So, I mean, <laughs> well, 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 try and quite, itself, um, quite, absolutely. Because... Uh, that's not, that was exactly my attitude with Tillman. Like, oh, you can turn up, you know, here, there, and everywhere if you want, but when you're actually not producing those goods when it really matters, then uh, you go and make a career for yourself, mate. Um, so I, I, I've, I don't, I, I learn, I've learned very quickly not to fall in love with a lone player, but it's just frustrating that we seem to be getting into a habit now that our best players seem to be fucking lone players. Um, uh, like I mean, in a row now. I think that the argument is, and we saw it with Ryan Kent as well, that you know you can get a player who's probably out of our price range, but you can get a good year out of them, and that can provide a stopgap to help you bring up youth players, to help develop existing members of the team, to get them to a level. It's all those kind of things, right? A lone player should be a stopgap to help you know keep the level of the team at a high standard. That can't be the case if the lone player is the best player that you have in the team in terms of goal scoring by a fair margin. Our right back's the only player who's scoring better than him at the moment. And that's not a good state of affairs to be in because that's been the case for the last three seasons. Mm. So it's clear that something went badly wrong in terms of the recruitment there. 
I'm yep. not going to harp on about it again because we've done that at length before. But nevertheless, the case is that Seema's great. Love him to death because he's doing great things for us. But you cannot get too attached. We cannot have nice things. And he's going to be out the door come the end of the season. The only good thing for us is at the moment he's doing it for us. So I hope that it continues because looking for goals from elsewhere at the moment is becoming a bit concerning, you know? Uh, speaking of right back that scores the goals uh, game, the cherry on the top. The game was uh, obviously ended with a spectacular strike. Ball comes out maybe 30, 35 yards to Tav. It has a pop, gets blocked, runs in, volleys it, boom. There's your dinner, top corner. Fantastic goal. Um, and then everybody's like, that's why he's a captain. That's why he fucking, that's why he's our best player. Blah, blah, blah. I, yeah. Yep, lads, you're actually right. You, you are actually right. I am not agreeing. That is why he is our captain. That is why he's our best player. Because he can do it against someone. That's that's my statement, indeed, Andrew. All right. Okay. I wasn't I wasn't totally sure about that. But I think the thing is, both of these statements can be right. Tav's never a Rangers captain. That might be. That might well be true at the moment. And also, Tav's really fucking good when he can get into those right positions. That's also true. Both of these things can be true. They are not mutually exclusive. Tav has still got in his back pocket some amazing goals, both from free kicks and from open play. The problem is when you are relying on him to create that continuously, you are forcing, as you said, one of our best players to run over the entire fucking park. When realistically, and in a lot of cases, especially up against better teams, we kind of just want him near the right back area, defending occasionally. And I know that's a criticism that's been labelled at Tab before, and it's unfair to, to bring it up, but fuck it, I'm going to do it anyway. The problem that you have now that you definitely didn't have in the past is that Tav used to be able to get back quite quickly to be able to cover that right back area. Mm. He's played so many games for us, and he's, he's had a good career at Rangers you know, probably from a personal standpoint, if not necessarily from a Rangers standpoint, Chris, before you start getting on that particular hobby horse. But he has played, he's been integral to all of those games. He's played so many of them. He's never really had the opportunity for a good break. And you can start to see that taking its toll. You can start to see the wear and tear. He's definitely lost a yard of place. He's definitely a bit slower, but he still has all of this shit in his back pocket. So, there's a fine player still in there, and it's not difficult to see because he keeps doing the business for us. The problem is that we are so deficient in so many other areas that he feels the need to be involved in all of these areas. When realistically, we probably should be asking him to step back a bit, be a bit more relaxed. He can stay on the penalties, but he doesn't need to bomb up and up, up and down that right-hand flank as much as possible drift into the midfield, get into scoring positions there, because ideally we should have a squad of players around it who are actually doing that instead. The problem is we don't. Um, we're still stuck with a good number of players, as you said, Chris, who we probably want out the door come summertime or hell, even in December, in January. All I can really say there is you said a lot about Tav that was quite clearly trying to bait me into kind of having a debate with you or, or an argument. I'm 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 going to rise above it um, uh, because. Would I do that to you, Chris? Uh, I mean, uh, really. Um, let's just. I'll be diplomatic. Um, I I I don't agree with everything you said in its entirety. There I, it is. I'd love to see uh, that, Chris. That's that's growth. That's what I call development, man. I love it. I'll tell you what it really is. I just, I just can't be bored. We've, we've beat this half horse to death. Um, I, it's whatever. I'm, 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 I'm not going to. The main point yeah. is, everyone is very entrenched in their views now. I don't think you and me no, between us no, are going to convert yeah. anyone. I disagree, actually. I've, I've, yes! <laughs> I don't know why. Um, I, I've, I've seen a major shift in attitude towards Tav, yeah. even from his, his, his main defenders. Um, uh, and I use that word defenders ironically. Um, I, I've seen a massive difference, actually. Uh, people are just now, they're just fed up. And I think Tav's a symptom of that, rightly mm-hmm. or wrongly. Uh, I, I just no. Listen, I said I'm not going to miss. I'm not going to miss. You nearly got me. You nearly got me. I know. I know. I was doing my best. I was doing my best. 
I'm not doing James Tavio. There's, there's a time and a place, Chris. We can get into it another time, for sure. <laughs> there's, a, there's a time and a place for James Tavio. Fino, second place, Andrew. That's so fucking bad. I, that, that was what this was. When we talked about this in the preview, this was a clash for second place, man. Yeah, I, I, I had a look at the league table. I don't even know why I looked at the league table. Um, it was a couple of hours after the fact. I looked at the league table, as I say, don't know why. And we're sitting there and saying, I'm like, what the, where the fuck did that come from? Um, I think it's, it's, probably a, it's probably a mark of how shit the rest of the league is that we have been so bad and yet <laughs> we have still managed to get second place. Listen, if I'm a Hearts or an Aberdeen fan, to some extent a Hibs fan, Mm-hmm. I'm pretty pissed off in my club. I'd be pissed off as if I was a Mirren fan. They they look like they were going to unbeaten, you know. It's, 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 it's not completely punching above their weight. They're doing really well. They're really happy. But um, Hibs, Hearts, Aberdeen, they've invested heavily in their squads. Mm-hmm. Really, as much as I've seen in a long, long time, they should have been looking at challenging for that to split the old form, is what they call it. Usually, it just means Rangers in third. Well, yeah. Aye, uh, that, that's really what they mean. Um, it's, aye, I, I'm, I'm pissed off with them because this was a real opportunity. And for some reason, Rangers, for as bad as we've been, to have lost three games in the first seven games. Sit, uh, sit, 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 eight, sit. Games, eight games. I know, but seven games prior to, to, to the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I take point on the eighth game we got second, so I fair enough. Um yeah, it's it's pretty incredible that that's that that's actually happened. But there we go. Um, so that 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 was a I went for Stephen Davis. I was delighted for Davis. Andrew, <laughs> um, at least they can have that. It, it, he can say uh, no matter what that he's uh, played for Rangers. He uh, played in two European finals for Rangers. He's won about I think it's eight or nine trophies at Rangers. He can say he's captained Rangers. Um, he can say that he's played under four or five different managers at Rangers. He can say that Rangers have signed him twice. Um, and he can also say that he's managed Rangers and won a game as manager of Rangers. As a boy growing up in Northern Ireland, that must have been beyond his way with the streams because he's a very unassuming guy. He's not a big character. His ability really had to do the talking for him within his career, and by fuck it did. Um, and he can tick all the boxes off. And he can... he's he. He is he is a, a bona fide living Rangers legend, um, and 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 I was delighted for him. The, the team managed to pull this out of the bag for him. One hundred percent. I think um, he can also say that he's got a better win record as a Rangers manager than Ian Durant, so he's got that going for him as well. I mean, yeah. hell, he's he's probably actually got a better win record than a couple of our other managers in the background there as well. Me and Ian Durant have got the same record managing Rangers. Well, I mean, so, so do I, Chris. I mean, yeah, you know. well, exactly. Well, exactly. It's very special. <laughs> there, there, there you go. That's uh, breaking news. I mean, Andrew have got the same record as Ian Durant as Rangers manager. So do Boom. you. Um, yeah. Congratulations, yeah. everyone. That depends. Michael Beale might be listening. Because uh, he's not got much to do. That was quite harsh, wasn't it? That was quite hard. I think it's. I think, I think it's justified. Ah, oh, yeah, I know he's behaving. I mean, you know, yeah, he's behaving. Not, Instagram is just. It's, it's just not becoming. <laughs> Look, if we're not above having one or two petty digs at a former Rangers manager who's left us in one of the worst transfer situations that I've ever seen, I, I, I don't think we're being true to ourselves, Chris. So yeah, I think we'll go for it. I feel as if I was too late on him there. Now that you just said that, I feel as if I was too late on him. I feel as if I let him off. But we'll move on because I'm um, off in the immediate post match. But yeah. obviously, there's still scars there that haven't healed yet. So yeah. no, you got to poke at him occasionally. But aye, Stephen Davis, what a man! Um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm I'm well pleased with Stephen Davis. Obviously, as I said, this is a Rangers call. You answer thing. He, he's got a win as a Rangers manager. The only thing that's missing is him having a collar and tie and uh, take the team at Ibrox. But ideally, we'll have a new manager in by that point. Let's talk about it. Good, uh, good, good segue. We're, we're getting really good at this uh, podcast. Flawless, man. Flawless. Um, so, look, it's between two men now. Uh, obviously, coming out in a podcast saying that, it means that obviously Pascal Janssen will be uh, confirmed as an Angels manager just to make oh, silly. He'll, he'll have the flag above his head like the second we push this live, man. So don't worry. No, it's, it's uh, in all seriousness, it is. It's between uh, Kevin Muscat and Philippe uh, Clement. Um, and from. Literally, 
all reports that I'm seeing and people I'm talking to and the people that I'm talking to, you know, I trust them. Uh, it's it's going to be Clement. Um, I'm about ninety percent sure. We are looking to agree a deal so that can fall down. Um, Clement does have offers from Saudi Arabia, so that may be more attractive to him when he gets over there and has a look around. Um, or Clement just might have a change of heart. But what I'm trying to say here is the only way Philippe Clement is not the Rangers manager is if Philippe Clement doesn't want to be the Rangers manager. Kevin Muscat is pretty much in the back burner here. Um, he will be plan B if the Clement deal falls through. So if you're like me and you're a musketeer, you know, that's what we're calling ourselves, Andrew, a musketeer. Um, we, what, what, you like that? Um, the longer this goes on, the better it is for Kevin Muscat, um, essentially, because it means that obviously they're stalling at Clement's end. So, look, uh, fairly happy with both. Obviously, prefer Muscat. Clement, I just think is a bigger risk. I do. I don't. It's. I. I just see it as this could easily turn out to be another Paul Le Guin, but this can easily turn out to be a masterstroke. I think that the, the line between this is so fine. It's. It's going to be one or the other. Um. There's not going to be decent steady in the ship job. We don't need a steady in the ship job. We will probably except not winning the league, but we're still in two cups and we're still in European football. Clement has a lot to lose in this first fucking season if he comes in. Same as Muscat, by the way. Now, I'm not saying it's just on Clement. The reason I'm talking about Clement is it looks like it is Clement. Um, he's not going to get as much good grace as Michael Beale got because Michael Beale didn't have European football. Michael Beale had time to prepare his uh, team for for the, the domestic Games. He managed to churn out win after win after win. He let himself down the big games, but he still had that kind of caveat like that. Right, these players have done this to us so many years. Wait till he gets his own team. Michael Beale was sacked in the, the shit show that he brought in this season. Um, Clement or Muscat don't get that same grace period because of we are still on every single competition. So I just feel the safer bet would have been Muscat because he knows British football. Contrary to popular belief, it was born and raised in England, so he he knows the game here. Um, he played for the club, and here we go. I know you're going to say, oh, he played for the club, so that means he didn't get him in. No, but it does help. It actually does help. Um, and and his style has proven to be a success in Scotland. And, you, and again, people go, I bet the players don't match his style. Oh, I'm sorry, a good coach can make any player good. Look at the job. And I'm not saying that Kevin Muscat's in the same breath as this guy, but you look at the job Marcel Bielsa done with Leeds. He took very, very, very average players and he made them fit in his system literally just by working on their fitness. So a good coach can make any player fit into a system if he can identify the strengths and weaknesses of the players. So I, that was never a concern to me. So Clement is a bigger risk um, in, a, in a long-winded way. However, I'm very curious about Clement um, just to see if he can implement his style because his, his style is probably something these players are more used to than what Muscat would be, be demanding of them. Um, he, he's a slow, build-up, patient um, player, possession for possession's sake. And then we get to that final third, that's when we do our damage. Um, so the slow build-up kind of possession from defence to midfield style, that's your kind of geo. I'm not even going to mention Bill here because I don't know. I still don't know to this day what, Bill, what the fuck Bill was trying to do. But geo was pretty much slow. I don't. I don't think to this day Michael Bill knows what his system was meant to be either. So, yeah, exactly. So I suppose if I'm going to play devil's advocate and flip it a bit, the Rangers board might be looking at that Andrew and thinking Clement might be the safer bet here because. The players are maybe a wee bit more used to playing the style that Clement will demand of them. But here's my argument. And again, please, please don't take that out of context. I'm not having a go at Philip Clement. Um, Philip Clement will get my full support. He will. Um, just because I'm disappointed Kevin Muscat's not going to get the job doesn't mean that I, I, I'm going to automatically hate Clement. But the, the, the problem I've got is we need a full departure from what we've been trying to do for the last fucking five years. And Kevin Muscat, absolutely, he, he is... He personifies change. That's when you can kind of go, right, we're going in a fucking different direction here. And whether it's going to be a good thing or a bad thing, we will actually see something new, which is what is needed. And instead, we're going a bit samey. Albeit, very many 
calibers above the, the, the Michael Beale management and, and Philip Clement, but nonetheless, still a bit samey, and that's what worries me, Andrew. I think regardless of who comes in, right, we're going to have a manager who has a proven track record, albeit maybe just in Belgium or, in the case of Kevin Musker, in both Japan and Australia. So you have managers, both of which have won leagues with multiple teams, which does demonstrate that they are able to adjust themselves to a degree or not. And that's really good. That's really promising. It is a step above, you know, both Michael Beale and Steven Gerrard, neither of whom had won anything previously. You know, Steven Gerrard was a Liverpool under-18s coach before he came to us. Michael Beale had never coached a first team before. So we're, we're in a situation where we have two good pedigree managers who are both looking likely as prospects for the job. That's a good position to be in. Um, I think if the board managed to pull one of these off, it is a good thing. The problem is the state of the team is so depressing at the moment that it is difficult to get really excited about anything because ultimately it doesn't matter who comes in, whether it's Clement or whether it's um, Kevin Musker, they're going to have to deal with the same squad of players. And there is going to need to be that turnover because ultimately you can only do so much with what you've got to work with. We're seeing it with Stephen Davis right now. He can only do so much with these guys. But he is an, ex- an experienced manager, obviously. But ultimately, this is a squad that whoever comes in is going to have to work with until at least the end of December. And there's some big matches in that. We've got, hopefully, a League Cup final. And first of all, a League Cup semi-final to get through. We have still European group stage football where, you know, where we're playing in Europe post-December is up for question at the moment. Um, we are still... Shockingly, um, on the same number of points as every other team in our group um, in the in the Europa League, but that will very quickly change come the next match. So there is a lot to play for here, and ultimately, whoever's coming in is going to have to work with the players that he's got. So while I completely agree, Chris, in terms of the yes, I want Muscat into clear house and get rid of all these guys. The problem is. He's got to work with at least some of them up until the end of December. And we have big matches, impactful matches that will affect the manager's standing, fairly or unfairly, um, if he fails to win them. So that that's the kind of risk that you've got as a manager coming in. I don't think that's, I, I mean, I don't know enough about Clement or about Muscat to say one or the other is a better man manager of players. Um, I couldn't say that for sure about either one of them, you know, that they can get that extra 10 or whatever percent out of this squad of players to to get them to where we need them to be at least through to the end of December before we can start making changes. And let's not forget, December is not going to be a time for wholesale changes either. You're probably going to have to wait until the next transfer window in the summer before you can actually start making serious surgery on this team. That's worrying because... That means that some of the key members of this squad are definitely going to be here and probably a part of the team um, for the for the next season, for this current season. So it's a risk for any manager coming in. Um, the only thing I can really say to sum all that up is I'm devastated that my Brentwood schoolboy, uh, Frank Lampard, is uh, out of the running. Shed a little tiny tear for that. Yeah, I was delighted to hear that Frank Lampard is out the running, actually, to be honest with you. Um, just an absolute nonsense that he was even fucking spoken about to begin with. Um, right, look, uh, it's, 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 it's going to be an interesting couple of days. As I say, I fully expect that Clement will be announced uh, tomorrow or Thursday. I really do. If it goes beyond then, Things are going to get interesting because, as I say, that that kind of becomes advantage Kevin Muscat. It means that the Clement and his his team they they are either having second thoughts, they're either negotiating for something else, or their heads been turned um, by Saudi Arabia's pot of gold. Um, so, look, I do have a race in this horse purely um, for my own personal reasons. A horse in this race, Chris, not a race in this horse. That's probably like some eugenic shit. What did I say? What did I say? Did I say? You said you've got a race in this horse, did not I, a horse in this race. Did I, did I say that? Okay. Yeah. It's just, uh, it's just a I don't even know what, what that what that analogy would be referring to. That's just weird. I'm trying to draw stuff. 
Please don't. No, the pod, the pod's gone long enough. <laughs> the 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 horse, um, the horse is at the end of its uh, racing life, but I feel that I can still get one more race out of it. That's obviously what I meant, Andrew. Uh huh. That's obviously what I meant. Okay. No, uh, I believe you. I don't know. This is me. This is the 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 voice that my the voice that I'm making is is when I believe you. That's yeah. yes, I believe you. Yes, definitely. Um, that's also the voice that you make when you just want me to shut up. That's quite weird, that, isn't it? How, that it's bizarre. Is. It's a weird coincidence that I know. Um, should we talk about pie sport? Let uh, nothing would give me greater pleasure, Chris. Yeah. Um, so pie sports actually got a little uh, shout out there on uh, Footy Scram, which is definitely something you could follow because it's weird and wonderful football from around the world at football grounds it's great highly recommend it but they showcased a fabulous example of pie sports work at the latest Mirren game and if you want a little flavor a little taste of that you can get 10 percent off on any purchase that you make from pie sports just by using our promo code chris uh, sat at 10 hey that's not it it's sat at three for ten percent off. I know that was a joke. <laughs> but was it though, Chris? <laughs> oh, come on, come on, give me credit for that. <laughs> no, no. So just for the just the clarity for the audience. It's sat folks. at three. Sat sat S A T at sign free. Sat at free. Ten percent. Thank you, Chris. That's what we like to see. Um, so, yes, you can use that. You can get 10% off of any pie purchases that you make through there. We also want to see your pie of the week. So we want you guys to submit your choice for pie of the week. Um, it can be anyone. Whoever you think has made a particular tit out of themselves during the course of the week, we want your entries either via our Twitter account, just let us know there, or you can send us an email using the email address for Saturday at 3, which is contact at Saturday at 3, that's Saturday 80, number uh, letters, spell out 3, .co.uk, and your submissions will come to us. We can make a judgment call and decide who's making the uh, the list. If you go into that competition, you stand the chance of winning a free slab of pies from Pie Sports. Um, they've been really kind to sponsor us. They have continued that sponsorship. I don't know why. Clearly, they don't listen to the podcast. They don't see how bad a job we do of the ad reads, but we'd still highly recommend you check them out because they've shown a lot of love towards us. We want you guys to show a lot of love towards them as well. So um, check them out. Um, links are all in the show notes. Um, yeah, we highly recommend uh, their pies. They are ace. I had a rolling pie today, Andrew, for my, for my lunch at work. A rolling Was pie. You ever, you ever had that? I've not ever had that living outside of Scotland as I do, Chris. Um, uh, was it from Pie Sports? Or are you going to try and plug a rival pie corporation right here in our ad read for Pie Sports? Just a local bakery, Andrew. I like to support my local bakery sometimes. <laughs> not these evil big corporate bastards at Pie Sports. <laughs> uh, listen. I'm at this stage now, Andrew. I'm just going fucking rogue in this podcast. I'm going to talk about what I have to eat and stuff because it's going to be far more interesting for listeners just to hear this. Well, uh, well, that's what you've got to look forward to, guys, over the next two weeks. Uh, Chris's daily lunch updates. Did you have a Vegemite sandwich? Uh, as much as that would have been lovely to get some of my uh, cultural heritage dishes over here in the dark smoke of London, uh, I, I was not so fortunate. Instead, I treated myself to the delights of Greg's uh, living in the city. And uh, it was delicious because it has a sausage roll. And that's that's always good for you. you know? I knew you'd be a sausage roll, man. You're so mundane. Well, that, that, that is me, Chris. I am a boring fuck. I work in IT. What could you possibly think I'm going to be up to? I bet, you, I bet you, as a beverage, you had one of the bottles of water for you, uh, Greg's, am I right? Oh, no, I was a little bit more excited than that, Chris. I had a Ribena instead. No, I did brave the sugar and I had that. So I did at least step onto the wild side with that one. But okay. yeah, hold on, hold on. Uh, that's as crazy I decided to get today, Chris. Yeah. We should make this a section. What did you have for your lunch today? <laughs> <laughs> it's honestly, it's far, far more entertaining and, and, and it keeps morale up. That's that's what it's all about at the moment. Um, it's in the opening um, second half against St. Mirren, that's for sure. Definitely, definitely. Um, so, as always, we thank uh, you, the listener, for well, let's be honest, 
putting up with this shit <laughs> because <laughs> we are we we are pretty much at the end of our tether, um, as I suspect most of you will be. Uh, but we a new manager comes, new beginnings. Um, however, I think that fans are a wee bit more um, apprehensive this time because this is the third kind of October, November in a row that this has happened, and the first the the the, the last two Gio and Bill didn't exactly take off. So I think we're just very harshly on the new manager, whether it's Clement or Muscat, we're very harshly just going to sit there, legs crossed, arms folded. Okay, show us what to do. Show us what mm-hmm. you're going. Go on, do something, do something. And the good I- thing is, Chris, they've got a pretty immediate opportunity to impress us. They can do some good things in Europe. They can win a cup. That's a, that's a great base for any manager to have. Yeah, but they just it. they just need to seize it. No, but that's the thing. That's what I'm saying to you. Like, when you think like me, a fucking pure <laughs> eternal... Um, <laughs> uh, pessimist, I was going to say optimist but obviously I'm not an optimist um, when you're the eternal pessimist um, you also look at what if we lose the games <laughs> See, the, the thing is Chris, I made this joke to Eddie before, in private, but I'm going to bring it up now because fuck it um, I, I said to him, if you'd been alive back during the 89-90 season oh no, what would it be? The, the, like, I think it was the 98-99 season. Oh, no. 99-00 season. But the uh-huh. 18... And the 18-99 to, to 2000 season. Or 1900 season. Rangers went... I don't know. I'm, I'm struggling with numbers. I'm, 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 what happened in that season? Basically, right. The point, the point I was definitely... What's your safe word? Okay, Chris. The point I was desperately trying to make in there. I don't know why I got hung up on the year. The point was, Rangers had this famous unbeaten season. 18 games, 18 wins. And you'd yes. be the type of person who was still raging that we didn't win the cup that same season. Yeah, I, don't know. I did not know that we did not win the cup. Yeah. We, I mean, exactly, right? I Furious know. now, I bet. I did not know that. Oh, that's me, I would. That's me, I would. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you would be. I knew you would be. But um, no, listen, um, as fans, we just need to be patient, as patient can be, because I think we can very quickly lose our head here. Because um, as I say, there, there, there's the, the positive um, outcome and there's a negative outcome. And a negative outcome is not going to be very good for the new manager because we're in a real shitstorm of negativity as, as, as a fan base. The the negativity will be reared towards the, the, the players more than the fan, uh, more than the, the new management team, don't get me wrong. So we need to kind of try and separate that and not hold it as much against them if shit does hit the fan. But we, we just have to be patient, sit back. I can let this new guy come in and do his work, um, and then what will be will be we'll take it from there. We will cover it um, every step of the way. We're obviously going to be off um, until we appoint a new manager. Um, that is with the presumption that we're going to appoint a new manager before the Hibs game. Um, so you should expect a pod to drop pretty soon after we've appointed the new manager. Some reaction to that, and then a pod will drop reviewing, um, sorry, previewing the Hibs game uh, when, after the international break and then obviously that's us back in the game uh, Pod will drop after that preview, uh, reviewing the Hibs game and obviously the European game's coming up and then we're back in the flow um, I don't think there's any other international breaks until next year after this so we're kind of over that hump which is good um, saying that actually I think there is an international break in November to be honest I think I jumped the gun there shit um, so look we will be back uh, we obviously can't tell you when because we don't know when Rangers are going to appoint a new manager but let's go on the presumption it will be before the house game so we will be back some point next week maybe this week who knows um, so join us then uh, in the meantime if you could um, follow like or subscribe to any of our social media channels we're on Instagram Facebook Twitter um, YouTube we're on Fred's TikTok. Um, get us an all good spot, uh, all good podcast providers: Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon uh, Music. Um, and as I say, if you drop a follow, like, or subscribe, it is very much appreciated, and it does go a long way, especially in helping attract people like Pie Sports, the good people at Pie Sports. By the way, um, I have to say, just just to kind of put a wee bow on that, um, the local bakery pie had nothing on Pie Sports, nothing. I just couldn't get there. You the, go. That's uh, good. That's good, Chris. That'll that'll go well in our stead. Thank you for that, mate. <laughs> obviously, just thanking producer Andrew. Andrew, we went a bit ro- bit rogue tonight, a bit off the off the tracks, but um, you you'll probably find that the, that's pretty much appreciated because we're giving people a a distraction method, a coping mechanism. 
that's what we're here for, man. You know, we've got to try and make you uh, smile through the bad times. I almost, I almost brought it about a personality in you, Andrew. Oh, I mean, it's difficult, but sometimes you can try and do that for me, Chris. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you. No, it's always a pleasure, mate. Um, even when Rangers are playing like shit, it's still a pleasure to come on and talk about them. So, um, so thanks, mate. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, and as I say, join us maybe this week, definitely next week, when the new manager is appointed and we'll get some reaction from myself and the guys. Thank you very much and join us in. <laughs>